Stay right there. I've got passion for a project I just gotta share. Okay, that is the uber-talented Laura Wansick, and I have her on my podcast today. This is Stacy Julian with episode 88 of Exactly Enough Time. podcast is about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity, happy colors, and connection. I am a storyteller and I love to interview interesting people and talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Thursdays are my favorite. That's because I love bringing you this podcast and today is extra fun because I have Laura Wansick on the show with me. Laura creates amazing scrapbooks and amazing, as you have heard, video parodies about scrapbooking. She says she's married to the cutest librarian ever. She is a therapist at Miami University and the mother of two girls. Do you want to listen to just a little bit more of her parody? I do. I promise you are in for a real treat today. But first, I'm going to read you a new review on iTunes. This is from Betharoo52. She said, Stacy constantly encourages me to keep telling my stories in my own way. She is inspiring, upbeat, and full of great ideas. I enjoy the wonderful guests she interviews. If I'm in a bad mood, I know that listening to her podcast will brighten my day. She is truly a treasure. Beth, you are a treasure. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to leave me that review. It truly means the world to me. Now listen, I do hope you are in a good mood today. If not, you will be by the time you're done listening to Laura. I have specifically invited Laura on my show because of the way she lives her life and the way she celebrates her love and passion for memory keeping. She knows how to make and create fun for herself, for her family, and for fellow memory keepers. I'm going to cut right to my conversation with Laura. You're going to love it. (laughs) You guys, I couldn't be more excited to have on my podcast today, Laura Wansick. Am I saying your last name right? You are, yes. Hallelujah. Hi, Laura. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh my goodness, it's so exciting. So I am kind of new to you, and and that's an admission I'm not necessarily proud to make, but I just recently discovered you, hashtag adorbs, and all (laughs) of these amazing things you are doing, and I 
just have to share you with my listeners and probably they're going to be like, oh, Stacy, late to the party. <laughs> we already know Laura. But, uh, but I'm just excited about so many of the things you're doing and your philosophy. And I think that you should be a guest on my podcast. Do you want to? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> so um, I want you to just start. I want you to introduce yourself. Tell me where you're from, a little about your family, maybe your favorite late night scrapbooking treat. So uh, yeah, my name is Laura Wansek. I live in Oxford, Ohio. I work at Miami University. So Oxford's a college town oh. um, and I'm a therapist in our counseling center. And I'm married to my husband, Chad, and uh, we have two little girls, Ellie, who is five, and Isla, who is one. Okay. I love university towns. And you are, what kind of therapist are you? Like, talk about your feelings therapist. Talk about your feelings. And you are in the student counseling center or whatever, so that- Yes. So I think- I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess you might be a little busy right about now. You know, I don't know. This is like our usually mid September to mid November is our craziest time. But the students are actually just now moving back into dorms, like literally this week. Okay. So So they're not yet, and they're not, do they get to go on campus some of the time or what's the, yeah, they they can, but everything's, you know, wear a mask and socially distance. And we're only doing virtual um, therapy right now. Okay. Such a fascinating year. I'm yeah. going to choose to use the word fascinating with my therapist. <laughs> How do you feel about that, Stacey? <laughs> I feel like I have control of my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to know now, I want to know about your journey, um, your memory keeping path. Like where, where were you when you first, you could say the first time you heard about scrapbooking or the first time you made a page, like where were you? I want to know. So in, I think I was 15 or 16, I can't really remember, but I went to a creative memories party, which I feel like is the way so many scrapbook stories from the mid nineties start. And I saw the wavy cutters and the six inch blue trimmer. (laughs) And I was like, mom, I need to have it all. So I love it. I started with, you know, the plastic tub under my desk and I would, you know, do it, you know. I was mostly cutting up magazines, you know, fussy cutting out heads that were floating on pages with random (laughs) stickers. Um, And it evolved, you know, I was definitely into it in high school. I can remember specifically being out maybe at a party or something and thinking, I can't wait to get home and scrapbook. You know, I I just loved it. And so that was definitely... My love for it began then, but it has only intensified since then. So then in college, I was also really into it. But then I sort of discovered, you know, we had scrapbook brick and mortar stores. And so then I was going and, you know, discovering brands and that kind of thing. And so then in 2006, I graduated from college in 2005 and I decided, you know, I really want to work somehow in the industry of scrapbooking. And I didn't know how to do that. But I sent out applications to like every, I made this grid of all the companies that I could think of. And I sent out my application all (laughs) over the country. And I ended up getting a job Um, at a place called Imagination Project, which was in Cincinnati. And so I moved to Cincinnati to work there. I was their design coordinator was the title, you know, with my bachelor's in Spanish, I'm super qualified to be a design coordinator, right? (laughs) Made no sense at all. But it was really a magical job because I got to go to CHA, you know, I got to go to CKU, Memory Trends, you know, it it was so magical. So then... Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I met scrap celebrities. I'm making up that word right now. Like <laughs> Kathy, I met Kathy Zilski, and that was a big yes. time. I met yes. Allie. Um, oh, so I that it. was a big magical time in my life. So then I ended up going to grad school the following year. And okay. because I, I don't even know. I think I, I think I was meant to be a therapist. I, it's just part of who I am. I need to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and I think I didn't think, well, I could be a design coordinator for the rest of my life. I felt like I needed to go to school, <laughs> but I kept scrapping, but it, I wasn't doing it, you know, with any kind of profession in mind. So then in 2014, Allie Edwards launched her, well, she launched it, I think technically in 2015, her story kits and yes. they just one. Well, actually I'm going to back up a little bit. Okay. Kathy Zilski released her book called clean and simple scrapbooking uh-huh. and that book really transformed me as a scrapbooker mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. reading it and thinking wait a minute I'm allowed to have two pages that look at each other that don't match like what kind of wizardry is this like, it didn't make any sense but it was so freeing right yeah so yeah that was well, and just just the aesthetic Beautiful fonts, clean fonts, you know, instead of, yeah, it just, okay. So, and I want you to know, in case you don't know, I discovered Kathy Zilski. Stop it. You did not. Tell me Yes, I did. Because I was editor of Simple Scrapbooks Magazine. And I remember standing up in this meeting, this editorial meeting. I'm like, you guys, somewhere out there is a woman. And I'm going to call her, for lack of a better term, the pottery barn scrapper. Because she isn't kitschy. And she, like, she just does beautiful things. She knows how to design. She has, like, this graphic look, you know. And yeah. I just said, we have got to create a magazine that will attract her. And I kid you not, second issue of Simple Scrapbooks magazine, she picked it up at, what's the name of that store out there you guys had in the Midwest? It was really kind of cool. Archivers. Archivers? Yeah. <gasps> picked up my magazine in Archivers, submitted some pages, and I called her. Wow. Not even kidding. I know. I know. Oh You're my welcome. God. <laughs> yes, thank you. Because I, I couldn't do it myself, but I knew someone out there could do it. And that was what I wanted, right? The magazine associated with was her look and feel. So now you may proceed with your story. Yes, I love that. And I feel like her style feels so accessible. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, and I think again, her approach that she talks about in that book is just so freeing because there was mm-hmm. sort of this way that you felt like a scrapbook had to be. And, mm-hmm. and it just really, yeah, that really changed everything. So then I feel like yeah. the next big change that happened was that I discovered Allie and her kind of um, yes. vision in 2015. Uh-huh. I started doing Project Life and I started subscribing to the story kits. And I feel like that is really when I found my voice or my kind of visual style that didn't, yeah. that I don't feel like is a replication. I mean, we're all replicating something to some degree, right? But I feel right, but like, that was when you started to diverge. You're like, okay, I, I love yes. this person. I love this person. And now I can take what they've shown me and I can make it my own, which yes. is exactly yes. what we want to do. That's awesome. Yes. And it also made it more depthful for me because I feel like I yeah. started scrapping about things that felt off limits before. Mm. And that was also very freeing. And I think it introduced me to this whole new way to experience scrapbooking, which for mm-hmm. sure has made me love it all the more. Mm. Well, and nobody does that like Allie in terms of just making. So I think Kathy makes design accessible and she gives you permission to, you know, to have that clean look. And then Allie makes story accessible. 
in so yes. many different ways. Okay, now here's my next question. And I think I might know the answer, but I can totally be wrong. All right. But based on some video parodies I have seen floating around social media, I think I might know your favorite project, but I want you to tell me what your favorite project is. Go. Let's see yes. if I'm right. I love uh, December Daily. I love it. Ding, I ding, love ding, it. ding, I love ding, it. ding, ding. <laughs> It's so, oh, it's so magical. Okay. So in the off chance that someone listening is like, what? December what? So tell us what December daily is. Want to know? Well, I don't know if I'll say it the way that Allie Edwards marketing team would want me to say it, but what, how I would describe <laughs> it is a 30 day, you know, you're taking the month of December, documenting mm-hmm. a story every day. It, mm-hmm. It's not Christmas specific. You don't, you know, and I think like everything, you can make it your own, but it's, Really a project that centers around celebrating and capturing stories in the month of December. Not always holiday related, not always some big story. For me, the experience of doing it makes the whole month fun. It makes the whole Mm -hmm. month just exciting. Because, you know, Mm -hmm. even if my story for December 17th is that, you know, I got food poisoning and was sick. Hey, I'm going to snap a picture (laughs) and that's going to be my story. You know, it's exciting. It makes everything exciting. Yeah. Well, and it's a time of year when we want it to feel special, but it's so easy to not be present because we're just like, list, list, check, check, check. Okay. Well, oh, what happened to the magic? You know? So I think it just brings you back, you know, and says like, just stop, stop and focus. You're you're sick. Let's take a picture. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I totally agree. Okay. Now comes the, the, the reason that I reached out to you in this moment in history is because you have created these, I don't even know how to call it, fabulous video parodies and and you've done it for for December daily for for Ali. So I just I have to know the story. There are so many questions I have. Okay? Like did you just wake up one morning and be like I'm going to do this? <laughs> Tell me about your musical talent. Tell me about your the fact that you can just dance on camera. I mean, it's just <laughs> awesome. It is so fun and really truly I'm going to say one more thing before you dive in. And that yeah. is that um you know, I have been a scrapbooking teacher for a long time. Back in the magazine days, we would we would do surveys. And, and for the longest time, I've just had the, the, the knowledge <laughs> that there are so many women that love this hobby. They love memory keeping, but they take it way too seriously. Like they, they forget to have fun. So yeah. when I saw your video, I'm like, dude, she is coming on my podcast and she's going to talk about having more fun. <laughs> so now yes. tell me. That's so important because I think we're drawn to it because it's fun. And then sometimes it gets turned Mm -hmm. into this thing that's not so fun. And, you know, it seems to me that there are like three main reasons why somebody would take it too seriously. I feel like, okay, and I I would say that I've witnessed this, like when I've brought people to crops or when I've gone Mm -hmm. to crops or when I've just known people, I feel like Mm -hmm. perfectionism and having Mm -hmm. ideas about how things need to be perfect comparison Mm -hmm. and competition. Mm. I feel like those are like, and I feel like I've struggled with all of those, right? Yeah. Oh, we all do from time to time and repetitively. I mean, we decide, okay, I haven't done comparison for a while. I think I'll jump back in. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. She's better than I am. (laughs) Oh, suck. Okay. (laughs) I think you nailed it. I nailed it. Okay. So these videos just made me laugh out loud. So now I want to know. I'm so glad. I'm glad that you like them. So the very first one that I did was whatever four years ago is. How's the math works? 2017? I don't even know. Um, I like did. That. that was when Instagram stories was first a thing. And so I did this Instagram oh. story 
which was basically just like me being excited. I was like driving through Wendy's and I ordered a Jasmine Jones mini kit and I was like walking around <laughs> campus and like pretending to tell people happy December daily. I think I posted it on December 1st because it was like a, hey, December daily is happening kind of thing. And then the next year I had the idea to make a video, a music video, which was a parody of the opening to the TV show Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I, I think I called it the fresh scrapper of Midwest Ohio or something. And <laughs> that was super fun. And I, I have a lot of fun. So I have a songwriting background. So my husband and I, I met him okay. when I was in college. He was in a band, you know, Yeah. and, um, you know, my entire childhood and really in high school and even in college, I thought that I was going to be a singer. Like that was my thing. I was like, I'm going to grow up and be this singer or whatever. Um, wow. And so I met my husband, he was in a band and we kind of branched off. We created our own band, which was him and I singer songwriter thing. We called ourselves. Really? Yeah, it was really fun. We <laughs> recorded um, demos and we performed at coffee shops and we called ourselves LNC, E-L-E-N-C-Y, which is kind of like L for Laura and C, which is for Chad. Um, but that oh, yeah. word actually has kind of a cool meaning, which I didn't even know that was a word. Oh, I didn't know it was a word. What's I mean? know. We Googled it. We were like, oh, look at that. So we, he's a musician, he plays guitar and he has like some recording equipment. He has like a little recording, mini recording studio in his office. So that's where I've done sort of the technical aspects of the um, recording of the songs. Okay. Um, He is able, I've either purchased or he somehow found the background tracks to the songs that I've done. So that's how I did that. But in terms of filming, the filming's kind of funny because for last year, when I did an Alanis Morissette song, I went to the park, I kid you not, by myself, <laughs> with a dress and heels on, I set up a camera and I stood there, people were around, I probably looked pretty wow. And I, what I do is I just, you know, I record the song first and then I play it and I lip sync to it in front of the camera, maybe once or twice through. And I do that in like three or four different locations. And then I cut okay. the video up in iMovie. And I'm just going to stop you right here to say, you guys, <clears throat> I'm going to put all kinds of links in the show notes to Laura, cause you're going to want to be your best friend. And I'm going to put the, a couple of these full videos there as well. So come watch these videos. Like just seriously, when you're done walking or whatever you're doing right now, while you're listening to this podcast, just give yourself a little break and watch one of these parodies because they're so good. Okay. Okay. Keep going. Thank you. I now that you've completely it. lost track of where you no, were. <laughs> I appreciate your nice work about it. I think all three of them I shot in one or two days pretty much by myself. So last year, wow. I would have done it with my daughter is now one. So I think she was like three months old when I shot the one when I did the one last year. And I remember okay. like, I mean, there's so much chaos going around. In fact, I remember I sent um, one of the shots for the Alanis Morissette video is me in front yeah. of a fan with my hair blowing. Yes. Yes. And, and I, and you know, of course, when I'm actually doing it, the song's pretty quiet and I'm just sort of mouthing it. And my daughter kept wanting to get in the, in the video. And so I sent a friend of mine the actual footage because it's so funny. Cause I'm like doing my thing singing. And then you hear me go, Ellie, get out. And then I'm doing it again. <laughs> okay. Well, and so then, and then you just yeah, put it, cut it up and put it all together. I mean, did you send the first one to Allie? Did you be like, I'm your super fan? And you were probably already friends at that point. Yeah. I mean, so- what, what was her reaction? Because I just can't even believe, like, here's this person marketing your program, you know, your December daily in this super original 
inviting way. So what what has she said? Anything? So the very first song that I ever actually wrote, actually, I've never shared it. It's an, it's a, um, Janet Jackson. It's a Janet Jackson song again. And I, um, Uh it's called my parody is called craft the story. And that's the first one that I ever wrote. I probably wrote it like three or four years ago and I play it on piano and I had, um, videotaped myself doing that. And then I sent it to her to say like, (laughs) Am I allowed to do this? Like, is this, like, I didn't know the legality of it. Like, is this a trademark, you know? And she said it was fine, but then I never did post that one. I'm not sure why, but then I thought, Ooh, if I could do that, maybe I could do a December daily one. And that's kind of when the Fresh Prince thing started. It's it's just fun. And I just appreciate, yeah, I just appreciate you doing it. Like being, you know, willing to be silly and vulnerable. And I just think it gives other people permission to maybe think about doing something fun yeah. and silly and vulnerable. Yeah. So thanks. Yeah. You know, it's I, awesome. I had written on Instagram something along, I, you know, so it got so many nice comments and messages about them. And yeah. I posted on Instagram, just thank you to everybody, because I said, I certainly don't take for granted the fact that nowadays, if you post something on the internet, that doesn't mean people are going to be kind. And so right. the fact that people right. have been so kind, I don't take that for granted. That's true. It's not, yeah, you put yourself out there and <clears throat> open yourself up to all kinds of response. So that's right. awesome. Okay. So before we leave the video topic this morning, you sent me another link to a video. Thank you very much. Had to reapply my mascara. <laughs> So you also, with your husband, now that I know your songwriters, you wrote such a beautiful song for, is it Isla? Is that how you yeah, say your name? Isla, yes. So yeah. I just want, I just want to tell people again, you're going to come to the show notes today to watch this video that you made for Isla. So just, it, maybe you're comfortable doing this, maybe not. Just sing us a little bit of that song. I did not tell you I was going to ask you to do this. That's okay. Um, but you, you wrote a song about her first birthday. Um, and I'm watching along and thinking, oh, this is cute. And then all of a sudden it cuts to um, how Isla made her entrance into this world. And I oh, yeah. was like, kid you not, a puddle of tears. <laughs> I want you to just tell me a little bit about that. Because then, and then as you talk about that video and maybe transition, I have always been a huge believer that it all counts. Like when it comes to memory keeping, there's so many different ways, right? And none of it is wrong and all of it works. But video you know, has become obviously a very popular medium, but tell me in your words, with your experience, why is video so powerful? And what happened to me when I was watching that video about Isla? That's a whole lot of questions. Yeah, that's okay. Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's funny because when I've, so every year for my daughter, Ellie, who's five, every year I've done a video that's basically a video compilation of her previous year. And we also wrote her a birthday song. So she has okay. her own song and we, every year we re-record that song with her. Of course, you know, she's more involved as she's gotten older and singing that, but I feel like Mike, the reason I like scrapbooking and doing physical scrapbooking is because I'm worried about digital files in the future and mm. our ability mm. to keep them. Mm-hmm. Um, and access them. Yes. Yeah. And access them. And the fact that I have physical books is important to me. And I'm mm-hmm. worried with videos, you know, we're snapping so many videos, right? But where are they going? So mm-hmm. I like the idea that every year I sort of grab my favorite footage, put it together, put it with this song, which sort of captures where we are mm-hmm. that year. Um, and there's something I think that's magical about watching footage with music, right? There's mm-hmm. just something about that. And so yeah. I I like the idea of having those videos because I feel like I'm 
I have them in a safe place. They feel manageable to store. Like I have them in yeah. a specific folder in Dropbox every year so that I know that I won't lose them. Yeah. Um, and they're organized in some way. But, you know, yeah, with Isla and her birth, I mean, yeah, that those videos, they were so, I'm so glad my husband took them. He took most of them because I was in no place. So tell us what happened. So basically she was born premature, like weeks, right? Yeah, it's sort of a crazy story, actually, because, you know, 2019 was a really hard time for our family. And it's so funny because we were like, 2020, man, that's going to be our year. And here we are. <laughs> so... <laughs> 2019. So his mother passed away in April uh, when I was about 20 weeks pregnant. And then hmm. his father went into the hospital in Indianapolis, which is about two and a half hours from us. And we drove there one weekend to be with him in the hospital. And while we were there, I noticed a significant drop in movement from her. And so oh. we went to the women's hospital and I remember thinking like, is it worth the copay? Like it's going to be out of network, which I just, you know, it's ridiculous. I was thinking about right. that. Oh yeah. But I went there and they attached a monitor to me to see. And the next day I gave birth with an emergency C-section. <gasps> it turned out that she had the cord around her neck four times and a knot in it. And oh they my said, goodness. They said, I cannot believe she survived. <clears throat> as long as she did in your womb, like there's no reason why, <laughs> like wow. it just made no sense. And she wasn't even blue. Oh my goodness. It's and a miracle baby. And that's is. all portrayed. That's all portrayed so beautifully in this video. Yeah. Like thanks. This. Thanks. She anyway. really was a light in a dark time because then his father passed away and his brother passed away all in about a three month <gasps> period. So she was such a light. Oh my gosh. It was a, oh. rough, a rough time. For she her. was a little, she was a little gift from Heavenly Father. Like he's basically saying, yeah. I'm taking these people away, but here, here yeah. you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Here's here's your surprise a little bit early. Yeah. So that you'll, you yes. know, not give up on me. Oh and, my goodness. You know, the wow. other piece of it is I'm thinking if we had not been in Indianapolis, I'm not confident that because, you know, I needed to be monitored. I mean, it was to the point where they were saying like, oh gosh. And then I remember the doctor looked at the um, computer and said, something's happening right now. Like you need to get to surgery right now. And oh I remember my gosh. thinking, if I had been at home, I mean, nothing against my OB, my OB is amazing, but I think he probably would have said, since I'm so close, right, since I'm in town, he probably would have said, right. go home, just monitor, you know, drink some juice. So right. just, I just wonder about that. I just think it was a hidden blessing that we were that yeah. far away. So yeah. then he was in the Ten Tender mercy. Years. Yes. Oh, in, in right, away from home. In oh, Indianapolis, you were in the- awful. It was awful. Wow. Yeah. With our well, so 2020 days. hasn't been that bad for you. You're like, 2020 what? What? I'm good. <laughs> right. At least we're not two hours from home. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I just, I, this is just so interesting. I love meeting new people, but I love, I love that you're willing to share that story because I know 2019, 2020, it's different for all of us. And I know that there are people listening who, who just need to hear, right? Stories of hope and who need to be reminded that even in these super dark times that there are little moments of miracle, you know, yes. just keep looking for them. So yeah. Any case. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. And all the more reason to have fun. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. All the more reason to have more fun, make it fun. Okay. I want to go back to scrapbooking, more traditional scrapbooking just for a second, because, um, 
you really have developed, um, and you talked a little bit about this, but let's go back to your style a little bit and then talk to me about design teams, okay? okay. Because I actually have always been curious how it works. And, and maybe, again, for listeners, define what a design team is and then what does that work like? How does it, how does that play out in your already full life? Super curious about that. Okay. So I'll start with the design. So okay. I feel like the thing, one of the biggest things that helped me to find my style was enlarged pictures mm. and working in the negative space of photos. That is one of my absolute favorite things. And oh, I love it. I would say most of my layouts are an enlarged photo across from a sort of traditional page with no photos. Um, oh. And I love working in the negative space. And huh. Um, it's funny because I had printed out a six, a four by six or six by eight photo recently. And I remember thinking, I mean, I've scrapbooked for over 20 years. I remember yeah. having the thought, if somebody told me to take this six by eight photo and make a 12 by 12, make a 12 by 12 page out of it, I literally don't even know what I would do. Like my brain just cannot do that. The traditional style of like, layering some papers and like having some embellishments. I am like a Kathy Zilski grid organized, like yeah. compartmentalized type brain. And so huh. when I realized I could do that, it just, I think I just felt so much better. So now I'm going to interject another question for you to keep track of. <laughs> um, I really honestly thought you were going to tell me that your, that your degree was in graphic design because you have a really, you know, what appears to be an intuitive sense of, yeah, of design principles. So Thank you. That's fascinating. Is that is that just developed on the side? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. I don't. Yeah, it must just be whatever. Um, I mean, I know that that three is a thing that you're supposed to do things in threes, like yeah. a triangle. So yeah, um, huh? Yeah. Well, you do it, girl. You got it. <laughs> Thank you. Keep, yeah. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks. That's real fun. Okay, so now tell me about design teams. How do you get on a design team? What is it? What's it like? All that good stuff. Yeah. So I've been on a few different design teams. Right now I'm on Ali Edwards and Studio Calico. And in my experience, there's a couple ways that you get on them. I've been both invited to design teams and I've applied to design teams. Generally speaking, I would say it's an annual term, like you'll be on it for an entire year. Sometimes I've been on ones that were six months. Some pay and some don't. And of course, you know, the amount that they pay always sort of varies. Um, I... I always say, and I shouldn't say this to any that I'm getting paid from, but I would do it no matter what, because I'm not, you know, because I'm going to be crap either way, right? Um, uh, I love it. And No, she needs to be paid. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening and you're thinking of canceling her contract, no, she needs to be paid. Okay, go ahead. That's funny. Um, and generally there's, you know, you get, the two that I'm on are kit-based. And I'm sort of like, yeah. do companies even not do kits anymore? I feel like kits are everything. Everybody does kits. Am I wrong about right. that? I have no idea. Okay. I feel like that's all <laughs> I, I see. That seems true to me as well. That seems okay. true to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is funny because back in the day when Studio Calico kind of was the, the first person to think of that, I feel like that was not the norm. So, you know, we get the kits and then like for Ali Edwards, the assignments are to use each of the kits. So I think we have like three assignments a month. Uh, okay. Her stories by the month kit, the digital stories by the month kit, and then the story kit. And then okay. anything in addition to that, maybe we would do week in the life or December daily on top of that. So I'm contributing to the December daily product play workshop, which is a annual workshop that she does. She picks three themes this year. The themes are triangles, transparency, and texture. I'm texture. 
Um, And it's just like a really fun class with lots of fun ideas about how to use the products. Yeah. Um, So you're, you're receiving products that you love and that you love to play with, and then you're given assignments. And then are you just supposed to share what you create on social media or send it? Yes. Or, um, and, or post it on the, their website. So like I upload my layouts to Studio Calico's website, for example. Got it. Um, So interesting. It is. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you go. I was just going to say design teamwork is really fun. It's also been interesting sort of moving into that side of scrapbooking. I mean, not that you have to be trying to be on a design team or be on a design team to do this, but that feeling of like competitiveness and, you know, what team are you on? What team do you want to be on? Am I good enough? That whole thing is just, I think at the beginning, I for sure struggled with that a lot more than I do now. Um, it makes me really sad that there would be somebody who wants to be on a design team or is trying to be on a design team and that that would in any way sort of damper or is damper a word dampen their dampen, um, yeah yeah dampen their passion or love for scrapbooking that is that's true well that goes back to those three points you already made you know the the perfectionism and the comparison that those are traps that can if you let them they can they can swallow up some of your passion so yeah you know just inviting people not to let that happen you know and that's that's you got to do that that's your own you know mental floss or whatever that you have to do i think from time to time so right right okay you are super fun to talk to like literally so we're only about well no we're almost all the way through kind of my outline so we're gonna jump ahead a little bit because i want to wrap up I found a blog post that you wrote a little bit ago, and I'm just going to read you part of what you wrote, okay? And then I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. So you wrote, if you love photos, memory keeping, and pretty products, then scrapbooking is a no-brainer hobby. There is no shortage of supplies out there to help you fill album after album and as you've been talking about, tons of inspiration to be found from talented scrapbookers around the world. But did you know that scrapbooking is good for you? That's right. The hobby you love, loves you right back. Here are six reasons that scrapbooking isn't just fun, but it's good for your soul. Now, we don't have time for all six, so I'm just going to ask you to share. I'm going to link to this blog post because it's such good reading, but I want you to share one of those reasons that you wrote about um, to give people a taste of how and why scrapbooking is good for you. Yeah. So I do say in there as well that I think it can be good for you depending on the attitude with which you approach it. So Mm. is it good for you if you approach it with perfectionism and comparison? Mm. I would say maybe not as much. So I think that with a really good attitude and mindset, it, Mm -hmm. it is good for you. So One example would be, I personally find scrapbooking to be very cathartic. So, Mm. you know, last year when we had that horrible year, you know, scrapbooking was a way that I processed the multiple, you know, traumas that we were enduring. And even, you know, when I was 16 days in the NICU, I had my laptop and I was making digital pages every day about, I did a 16 day NICU log of the time using a template from Ellie Edwards of the time Mm. there. And it was like, I, I mean, there were times where I was sitting in my hospital bed, typing on my computer, bawling Mm -hmm. my eyes out. Yeah. It was like cathartic and emotional, but it felt like I had a place to put my story and a place Mm. to 
almost like compartmentalize my life experience. Yeah. I think that's incredibly powerful. And I think that's something that's very useful for right now, for those of us yes. whose 2020 is worse than 2019. Yeah. Because, you know, I hear all the time, if you listen to life coaching or, and you'll know this as a therapist, that one of the best things you can do to process emotion is sit with it, like yeah. name it mm-hmm. and allow yourself to just experience it, right? It's just kind of energy in your body. That's all fine and good when you say that, but you're like, what the heck? What, what does that even mean? But when you're scrapbooking, you know, you're sitting with your laptop and like you said, you're typing, like it gives you something to do yes. so that your brain can then process. So yes. Yes. I mean, for all these years that I've been doing it, I just look back. I am so grateful as an old mom who's now launched most of her babies. You know, I am just so grateful for, for it helped me be present. And mm-hmm. I love all the photos I have and I love all the pages I've made, but I love that I was present. I didn't miss it. You know, yeah. I didn't miss out because I was so, that's, that's what I did with scrapbooks. So yes. anyway, like I said, you are adorable oh, and um, we're going to wrap this up, but I am going to ask you two questions that I ask all of my guests. Okay. The first one is I want you to, it's, I call it people, places, things. And I want you to just tell us about a person, a place or a thing that has your attention right now. Is a TV show okay? Heck yeah. Okay. My scrapbooking best friend is sitcoms. I I have to <laughs> I have to be listening to a sitcom when I scrapbook. I love it. That's been I the case it. since um, high school. And right now, Corner Gas, which is a Canadian. Sh- okay, slow down it? and say it again. What did you say? Corner Gas. Spell it for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Corner, no. like the corner of something. Okay. Corner Gas. G-A-S. So it's a Canadian show. I think that it might have been filmed like early 2000s. I don't even remember where I discovered it, but it is this quirky, funny, warm world. And it's currently my show that I'm scrapping to. I love it. Thank you. So we we have a new show to watch. That's fabulous. Corner Gas, you guys. Maybe I'll link to that as well. It's super funny. Super funny. My final question is I want you to fill in the blank. I, Laura, have exactly enough time for self-care that's awesome you thought about that for a minute so I did why (laughs) self-care I feel like right now I feel very supported by my husband my mom who's coming to help with the kids uh, my employer Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm in a space right now where things are really challenging but I'm mm-hmm. finding that I have the space that I need and the um, avenue that I need to take care of myself um, and to express mm. myself. Wow. Well, and I mean, what you've shared with us today is, you know, you've shared several forms of self-care. So yes. that's it. But it is, it's that whole, we always hear it, but, you know, oxygen for yourself first, and then you can turn and take care of someone else. Yes. And this is the time when we need to be well oxygenated. Yes. So. Yes. I love it. Yes. Thank okay. You. I'm just going to say from here on out that we're good friends. Absolutely. So, <laughs> thanks for coming. <laughs> thanks for coming on my podcast. And I just think you're fabulous. Thank you. So, I really appreciate it. That was really sweet. Oh, uh, I appreciate you. Yeah. We'll talk soon. All right. I really need to make a list of all the things that have surprised me about creating a podcast probably number one and it's the most fun is the fact that I get to just make friends because I have this weekly deadline right of this this need to create great content then I I'm encouraged I want to say forced but encouraged to reach out to interesting people and say hey you want to come on my podcast and guess what 
they say yes. It's so amazing. Humans are so amazing. I wish that I would do this without having a podcast. I wish I would just call someone up and say, I really admire you and I think we would be friends. But I am telling you that that has happened for me because of exactly enough time. And I feel like you listening to me, we're friends. And I appreciate so much that you take the time to listen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I really want you to go to stacydoolian.com and visit the show notes today because you're going to be able to watch Laura in action and watch the beautiful video that she and her husband Chad created for their daughter Isla. There are so many people creating so much good in this world and you are one of them. Have a fantastic day, a wonderful week, and come back next Thursday for another episode of Exactly Enough Time.